evening. Good evening, everyone. It's that time again, the Gleaned Podcast, and we are so happy that you're tuning in to watch this. Uh, we've got, we're one short tonight. Uh, my dad is, he is absent from the podcast tonight. We'll let him slide. I told him if he missed any more, we was going to dock his pay. But anyway, he'll be tuning back in with us next week. So you got me and Josh here tonight. But we're going to get started tonight on a subject um, that I think everyone's interested in, uh, and it's current events, end-time prophecy, uh, how they all correlate, line up. Uh, We're going to talk about the rapture, who's going to go, who's not going to go. We'll get into... There's three different beliefs with the rapture, uh, pre-millennial or pre-trib, post, or mid-trib and post-trib. Uh, you know, unfortunately, some people believe we're going to go through the tribulation, uh, but we're going to go through uh, all of those. Uh, don't know how many sessions that this will be or how many episodes, but we're just going to get started tonight uh, just to kind of set some groundwork. But uh, before we get into that, I need you to do me a favor again. If you're on Facebook watching us, hit the like button. Let us know you you appreciate it. Um, also, hit the share button. Share it out on your page. Uh, you can send it to different people. Let them people know what we're talking about. Because uh, And also on YouTube, uh, we're also on Spotify. Uh, we're on Apple Music or Podcast. So all the different Google Play, all those different main ones, we're on those. Uh, but like it, share it, let people know what we're doing because people are very, very interested in the end of time. Uh, even people that maybe don't believe the Word of God, people that maybe don't go to church, or even some that do, uh, whether they have been taught about end-time events, it doesn't matter on the inside of you. Everyone knows that the world cannot continue on the path that it's on uh, without some kind of divine intervention. And, uh, you know, so we want to be able to share our viewpoint from the Word of God and what lines up with the Scriptures and uh, let you know those things. You can take notes, and then you study the Scriptures yourself and, and, and research it, pray, ask the Holy Spirit to give you insight. And he'll open up the word of God to you and you'll begin to see things and understand that even though things are getting bad, it's good for the believer. Hallelujah. Because right when the the, the flame gets turned up to high, we're going to get snatched out of here and we're going to be in glory with all those that have gone on before us. Our loved ones will be there. And most of all, we will be at the feet of Jesus, the one who died for us and give us the right and privilege and access to be in heaven with him and our heavenly father. It's exciting. So even though things are looking bad, it's exciting times for the believer because we know before long we're going to be in glory. Hallelujah. But uh, I wanted to start tonight with uh, a passage of out of Isaiah chapter 60. And starting with verse 1, we're looking at verses 1, 2, and 3. It says, Arise, shine, for your light has come, and the glory of the Lord is risen upon you. For behold, the darkness shall cover the earth, and deep darkness, some translations say gross darkness, the people. But the Lord will arise over you, and his glory will be seen upon you. Now, some of that you say, well, man, that's that's kind of uh, dark. That's that that don't sound good. But he starts it out with arise, shine. So no matter what's going on right now in the world, if you are a believer, if you're a child of God, every day when you get up, he said, arise and shine. What does that mean? Well, when the world gets dark, our light should be shining brighter. You know. Um, Uh, The way I like to describe this to help people understand it is if you take a lamp and you take the shade lamp shade off and it's just got the bulb and you go set it outside and turn it on in the middle of the day, anybody that comes by, very few people are going to pay attention to that lamp 
Why? Because the light outside overwhelms or overtakes that little light that that lamp is. But you have that same lamp in the middle of the night, midnight, one, two, three o'clock in the morning, everyone that comes by will see that light. Why? Because that light is shining in the darkness. Everywhere darkness is, if there's a light, it expels it, it exposes it, and it dissipates darkness. The light always overcomes the darkness. So that's something for us to be excited about as believers because as things get bad, people are looking for answers. People are wanting to know why, how this is happening, what's going on. And we need to be able to have a ready answer to let people know so that they can accept Christ or if they're already a believer, that they don't have to worry. Don't fret and worry. God is going to work this thing out for our good. And then he goes on and he says, For behold, darkness shall cover the earth and deep, or like I said earlier, gross darkness, the people. If you, I never really understood, well, if darkness covers the earth, what does it mean about gross darkness, the people? But if you begin to look at our society, the things that we accept now that we didn't accept before, the things that we're fighting for or people are fighting over and, and for, um, it's dark. It's sickening. Um, you know, we have, uh, did you ever think uh, if you're, you know, in your 40s at least and up, did you ever think that in this world we would have to worry about uh, our children having story time with transgenders, you know, or drag queens? Uh you know, you never thought about those things. And, you know, the things that they're teaching or trying to indoctrinate into our children to accept in school, it's very gross. It's very dark. Um, you know, people now, you, you can, you know, pick what gender you want to be. Uh, it, it just, you know, it just boggles my mind that people want to deny the very handiwork of God who created us, male and female, and now people want to say, well, uh, they were born a male, but they they supposed to be a female. Well, I'm sorry, but God doesn't make mistakes. God does not make a mistake. So if you were born a boy, you is a boy. If you was born a girl, you still is a girl, you know. Um, but those things are being pushed on our children, and then, you know, when you look at, uh, well, look at what Netflix is doing now. You know, they, they've got a, a, a whole series coming out about a man having a baby. You can't do that. Biologically, you can't do that. It don't work. So we don't need that, but they're doing that to try to accept that. Uh, you look at what Disney's doing and what Disney's trying to push on people, you know, and, and people are standing up on it. Uh, I think they said the other day that, Disney had lost $53 billion in, in revenue uh, from their stock because people are canceling their subscriptions. People's had enough of that. But these are the gross, dark things um, that that we have to be aware of. But well, I think the thing is, for currently, you know, the road versus Wade thing. Oh, yeah. What I saw, I saw this last night on the news, is those people protesting and I looked at my wife and I simply just told her, I said, look, I said, they're protesting to murder a baby. Yeah. It's sickening. It's, I mean, it's gross. Yeah. And it's absolutely gross. Yeah. And see, the other thing is even um, the whole thing about Roe versus Wade, it, it, there's a misconception to it because if the Supreme Court strikes down Roe versus Wade, that doesn't change abortion. All it does is puts it back into the state's rights where it should be to start with. I mean, it shouldn't even be an issue, but if you're going to make it an issue, then it goes back and allows what our government's supposed to do, which is for the people, by the people, and we're allowed to vote on it. You know, and a lot of people, uh, I didn't get the time to get the statistics on this, but do you know that they're, they're talking about women's rights, women's health? 
um, which is funny to me that they want to fuss about women's rights when it comes to abortion, but yet when it comes to Olympic Games, a man that sucks at being a man at a sport can now go to a women's uh, a sport and win. You know, it, it, it just, it, they counteract that, that that don't work. If you're going to be for women's rights, then men shouldn't be playing in women's sports, you know, but on the statistics of abortion, it was a very small percentage of when they done these surveys and they done the research, it was a very small percentage of women that had abortions because of health reasons. I think that was less than 1%. Um, I think the highest one, as far as for medical reasons, was uh, like 20% of women. But an alarming 74% of women have an abortion. Why? Just because they want to. They say, my body, my choice. Well, women, you do have a choice, but it wasn't to abort the baby. It was to keep your legs closed before you ever had the baby. That was your choice. When you made that choice, now there's consequences to the choice. It's called a child. And that's what, you know, the whole premise, that was why sex was even made was so we could procreate, you know. And when you go back into the Bible and you study about the God of Molech, that was what they did then was they sacrificed children to the God of Molech. Well, it's the same thing now, you know. And I've often wondered, you know, how many Billy Grahams, how many Martin Luther Kings, you know, how many fireball preachers and evangelists and how many inventors have we aborted in this nation because a woman didn't want to be bothered with a child? Yeah. You know, and uh, it's very alarming, but I do believe that it will be overturned but, you know, the church, we still have to keep fighting, you know. And I found out that, uh, you know, when you find out that, that the abortion clinics are, are selling baby parts, I mean, it, it's absolutely, it, it's grotesque. It's sickening uh, to think that. Uh, I heard the other day that they've come out with a new acronym for uh, people that uh, like uh, adolescent children. They're called MAPS. M.A.P. It's minor attracted persons. Well, listen, if you're attracted to a minor, you, you need you need the devil cast out of you. You you have a demon inside you that is messing with your mind, that is tormenting your mind, and you need the devil cast out of you. You have no business being attracted to an adolescent child. It is sickening, it's, it, it is wrong. It will never be right. But if we don't make bring it to light, then it's going to be taught in our schools. It's going to be accepted. And before you know it, there's going to be some 40-year-old man that's wanting to marry a 12-year-old girl. And in my opinion, if that happens, we need to find him in a back alley with a ball bat and take care of business. You know, um, but those things like that are or what's going on, and it makes our world dark. You know, it's it's the same thing with 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 you know tran- the transgender uh, population. They don't even make up less than 06 percent of our country, but yet we want to change our whole world view for less than one percent. You know, and the people that's pushing for it, they don't care about those people. They don't care about their soul. It's something for them to create revenue and to cause disturbance and cause chaos in our nation so that there's unrest because that's what the enemy wants is unrest. So when you look at those things and we see those things happening, we know that that's, that's dark, that's gross. You know, I think there was a, there was a woman that married a—I think she married her chicken. And, and you can look this up. I'm, I'm not lying. Because and there was, I think, one person married their self. Now, I, you know, I don't know what would happen if you married yourself and then wanted to divorce. I, I don't exactly know how that would work. But, um, you know, 
we laugh about those things because it's almost un. You, you just can't fathom that that could be actually the case. But here we are in 2022, and these are the issues that we're looking at. And, you know, he said, though, that the Lord would rise over you and his glory would be seen upon you. So with all these things going on, um, we've got, you know, the war in Ukraine. We've got gas prices that are just unbelievable. I, I filled my truck up the other day, and it was $92 to fill my truck up. You know, and two years ago, I could fill it up for, I think it was 48 bucks. Yeah. You know, uh, diesel prices are almost $6 a gallon. Um, you know, and diesel costs less to produce than gasoline. It's just the, the, the skim off the top when they're refining gasoline. All this stuff's happening. They're talking about uh, uh, baby formula shortages. And when you research that, they don't even really know why that that is even happening. It shouldn't be. Um, we're having grain refires in our nation like we've never had before. They're burning these granaries, and they're talking about, oh, there's going to be a food shortage. All of these things cause people to worry. All of these things cause anxiety. They cause stress. But if you're a child of God, and you trust God and you have faith in God, you know that no weapon formed against you shall prosper. You know, I'm, I'm going to keep putting gas in my truck. I'm going to keep buying food at the store as long as there's food at the store. But I believe even if I can't get food, I believe I can prepare a table uh, at my house, maybe empty, but I can bless it and I believe God will provide. If he can provide for the children of Israel, as many years ago as that was, and as many millions of people as that was, he can provide for us today. He's the same God yesterday, today, and forever. And I believe that he can do that. But when we look at the whole of the world, a lot of people talking about, you know, the Russia and Ukraine, is that going to be World War III? Is, is the apocalypse coming? Well, that's not World War III. It's not come yet. And the apocalypse is a ways off. But uh, these things are lining up. And people need to be aware of what's going on because we have to understand that when it comes to the rapture, he said that he would come as a thief in the night. We have to be watchful and ready because if not, we'll miss it. You say, you mean that people in the church are going to miss the rapture? Absolutely. People that don't believe the rapture, I don't believe will go up in the rapture. And, you know, not everybody that's in church uh, is going to be rapture ready. You know, some people say, well, I, I'm a Christian. You know, I think it was like Kenneth Hagin used to say, he said, yeah, you, you may go to church and call yourself a Christian, but you can sleep in a garage. Don't mean you an automobile, you know. The fruits of the Spirit, the fruits of God have to be evident in our life. And if they are, then people in the world are going to see us. If they're struggling to get through this, if their stress is on high, they're not sleeping at night, they're having financial troubles, and they see the believer that's blessed, that I'm not stressed, I'm not worried, I'm just going on about my daily business, they're going to start asking, why are you like that? Why are you not worried? Why are you not upset? You know, so we have to understand those things. Um, also in Matthew, let me turn over into Matthew right quick. He talks also here about, he said, take heed that no one deceives you. This is Matthew uh, chapter 24. Starting with verse 4, he said, Take heed that no one deceive you, for many will come in my name, saying, I am Christ, and will deceive many, and you will hear of wars and rumors of wars. Now, see, that's what we've been hearing. There's constantly a possible war. Could this be a war? Who's going to war? But he said, See that you are not troubled, for all these things must come to pass, but... The end is not yet. Then he goes on to say, For nation will rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom. 
and there will be famines and pestilence and earthquakes in various places, and all these are the beginning of sorrows. Then they will deliver you up for tribulation and kill you, and you will be hated by all nations for my name's sake. How many nations have you looked at in, in recent times that the church and Christians have been persecuted? Even more so in the United States in the last few years that we thought we would never see. It, you know, we talk about that abortion, um, the, the possible, uh, the leak that was come out the other day. People started protesting at churches and spray painting the house of God. Never thought we would see this. Never. But here we are. We're being persecuted. And then he said, and many will be offended. Now, there we go with offense. <laughs> How many people, you can't say anything anymore without offending somebody. I never thought that we would have a time in our life where we had to create safe spaces for people to go to so they could process their feelings. You know, uh, we, we, have, we have created a generation of sissies, people that can't handle life. Life's tough sometimes, but you got to get through it, and it makes it a lot easier when you got the Word of God. But then he went on and he said, for many will be offended and betray one another and will hate one another. Then many false prophets will rise up and deceive many, and because of, now listen, because of lawlessness will abound, the love of many will grow cold. But he who endures till the end shall be saved. So when you look at those scriptures, he says that many, or lawlessness will abound, and the love of many will grow cold. Our nation is at the highest point of lawlessness that I've ever seen. You know, uh, cops, I'm not saying all cops are, are bad. They, yes, there are a few bad cops, but majority of cops are good. I mean, there's good teachers, there's bad teachers. There's good preachers, there's bad preachers. You know, you can find good and bad in everything, but as a majority, as a whole, policemen are good people, and we should pray for them and for their protection. But here's the thing. If you get pulled over, just do what the officer says, and it's going to make life a lot easier. I don't care if what he asks you to do is wrong. Just do it. Get his badge number. Take it up with his superiors later. But, you know, I, I've seen a lot of, of people uh, disrespectful when a cop asks a question. Very disrespectful. You know, uh, my thing is if you don't break the law, you most of the time are not going to have to encounter the law. You know, uh, hey, but nobody talks about that. No, you know, uh, the only time I encounter the law is uh, if I see them in a restaurant, and most of the time I buy their meal. Listen, I, I heard this a long time ago, and I'll say this for any young person that's out there, anybody of any ethnicity, it doesn't matter, uh, anything, don't put yourself in a situation that would hurt you or be detrimental to you. Mm -hmm. Just don't do it, stay away from it. Yeah. I don't understand why that's so difficult for people. Don't put yourself. We talked about Roe versus Wade. Girls, don't put yourself in a situation yeah. that, that could wind up warranting uh, premarital sex, uh, mm -hmm. a rape, or anything. Don't put yourself in that situation. Yeah. That's just common sense type mentality that we need to have in this day and time. And, you know, it, it's the same way. You, you know, we need to teach our kids the same thing. Have some self-control. Know your surroundings, right. know what you're doing, and you better figure out how to get out of that situation so you don't get in trouble with it. Right. You know, it's it's just those things. I've, I was always pre-warned by by my my parents to hey, don't don't do it. Just mm -hmm. stay away from it. Yeah. You know, and then and this day of time, we want to find people to to put themselves in in these situations and circumstances, and they can't get themselves out of it. And next thing you know, they've got their own personal crisis going on. Right. And this this is not really uh, dealing with end times, but I really feel this in my spirit, especially if there's young people watching, you know, since you, you bring that up about premarital sex, uh, because it it's just out there so much now. It's, it's just in everything. Um, listen, young, young ladies, 
what you have is precious and it was given to you by God. That's why you are female. Um, quit just giving it freely. It, it, it is precious. Uh, and, and guys, you should respect a woman and you should get to know a woman and you should put a ring on a finger and marry a woman before you again, girl, give your precious gift to that man. You see, we have degraded and we have took away the, the sacredness of intimacy uh, with one man and one woman to where now it, it's common. It's a common thing. And, and, you know, with, with marriage nowadays, and it, it is end time thing. Nowadays, the world portrays marriage as, oh, let's get married. And then if it don't work, we'll just split up. Well, yeah. And I think, so I think there's a value system there that people are missing out on yeah. and, and, or being taught about. Yeah. You have to value you have to When you get into a marriage or in a relationship, you have to value that other individual. Mm-hmm. You know, you have to value yourself. You have to have personal self-value and you have to value the, the people that are around you. Yeah. And so there, there is no values in these stand, this stand. Right. Yeah. There's not. And you know, when I was in school, uh, you know, it was most, of, at least by high school before you started hearing your friends or, or whatever that were starting to, to maybe have sex or, uh, go further in their relationship. Now it's happening in third and fourth grade, you know, and why is that? It's because we as parents and I'm not saying every parent, there's a lot of people who have raised some amazing children uh, that are respectful, that trust God, that believe God. Um, and we're not all perfect. We're going to all make mistakes. But we've looked to a TV to educate and babysit our children and a school instead of taking time to do some of that on our own. You know, and, and I know some people say, well, you just don't know the home I was raised in. Well, I understand that there, there's a lot of issues, but it doesn't change the fact of what's right and wrong, you know? And when you take and have these young girls just giving their self to guys for, for acceptance, uh, you don't need to be accepted by any guy. You've already been accepted by Jesus and he's the only one that counts. Find him first and in your pursuit of him, he'll send you a mate that will love you, that will honor you, that will cherish you, that will worship the ground you walk on and will treat you like a queen, which is what God wants. And guys, vice versa. You know, it works the other way, too. You'll find when you seek God first in your pursuit of him, he'll send you a woman that will be your helpmate that will be there to support you, encourage you, love you and, and help bring a beautiful family into the world instead of now where people can just have sex. And the argument is not, should they have sex before marriage or not? It's uh, at what point is a child viable? Yeah. You know, uh, and the whole argument with that and I, you know, it's just, it's just mind boggling that, that you people think that that's even a discussion that you, you know, you can go to Mars and they be some bacteria or some little twig found on Mars and they, Oh, look, there's life on Mars, but yet there's a baby inside a womb here on earth that has a heartbeat. And we said, no, that's a blob of tissue. It don't count. Right. You know, so a lot of their arguments, they just, they're counterproductive, you know, and, and if you go to a church that accepts abortion uh, and supports abortion, you don't go to a church. I don't know what you want to call what you go to, but it is not a biblical founded church. It may have been at one time, but if you've got a, a church that supports abortion, then you've got a weak, spineless preacher in a pulpit. And I would go find me somewhere else because you're not going to get where you want to go in a church like that. And we're seeing a lot of churches now changing their viewpoints uh, because when you preach the truth, it's not popular. When you preach what's right, 
according to Scripture, it's not always popular. It's not accepted. But when you take this and you you manipulate the meaning of Scripture and and you turn it and twist it and and form something else out of it so that it's accepted, now you've got falsehood, you've got false prophets, you've got false teachers, but they're doing it because they want to accept people, you know. And that's one of the biggest things I've seen creep into church in the last days is this greasy, grimy grace that you can just live like you want, you can sin, you can do what you want. As long as you've already accepted Jesus in your heart, then you just just live like you want. It's okay. Well, that same perversion's creeped in, not, like you said, with the church. Is you've now have homosexual ministers. Yeah. So my question is: Is do they just overlook that portion in the Bible where it says homosexuality is a sin? Yeah. They. Over- I mean, do we just? I mean, you. you my my thinking is is that you can't take something that's been you know pre-wrote within the scriptures scholars have poured in over those things and now we just kind of we kind of skirt them to the side and you know we kind of overlook those because it really did it meant for that church back then but it doesn't mean for this church right. today so you know the, the the funniest thing and and the argument in this day and time is that uh you know People try to compromise the gospel for their own sakes instead of reading it, understanding it, applying it, you know, making it practical in their life. And, you know, I just don't understand it. it, it it's 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 black and white. There's there's mm-hmm. no gray there. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that that's my whole thing is I know some people say, well, when it's talking about homosexuals, that was back then, and that was their culture. It's still like that today, and we have to be accepting of people. No, no, listen. He said, I am God, and I change not. So if he said in the Scripture he's God and he changes not, Jesus said, I'm the same yesterday, today, and forever. If we manipulate this Scripture and change it, to fit homosexual lifestyle, then we've got to throw this whole book out because now this whole book has become a lie. If one thing in this scripture is a lie, the whole Bible is a lie. So think about this, and this just came to my mind. Uh, if we, if you take something out of context within the scripture, do we get into a point that we just, and then we're relying on what Jesus said that he he would send us a comforter, mm-hmm. a teacher. Do we blatantly and and I would say blaspheming the Holy Spirit at this point because we're basically taking the infallible Word of God and distorting it or perverting it to what we want it to. Right. And if we're to rely on the Holy Spirit to teach us, to lead us, to guide us, you know what I'm saying? We're almost taking him. We're almost taking that person within the Trinity out of context as well. Yeah. So there is no spirit. Right. There is no son. Right. We can get down this, this slimy, dirty road if we try to follow those pretenses. Yeah. And at some point, to me, it gets, when it gets distorted like that, and, and the whole purpose of why Jesus said, I'm going to go away so I can send a comforter so I can send a teacher to you to help lead us, to guide us, and direct in us, you know, is, is the help in these points of and, and these areas of our life that I feel like sometimes Christians and non-Christians just don't rely on. Oh, yeah, right. I mean, it's, it's important for you to rely on that Holy Spirit to lead us, to guide us, to direct us. And I'm telling you, he is not going to, that person within the Trinity is not going to distort pervert or cast anything off that is is contrary to what the word of God is or who God is. Right. Yeah. I mean, you know, when these new doctrine, you know, and where they're, they're accepting homosexuals, listen, we don't, I, I'm going to go ahead and say this because I know somebody will twist it. The person that is a homosexual, we still love you. We're not bashing you as a person. We're talking about the sin that you're living in, that you have been blindsided. You're, you've been brainwashed to believe that it's acceptable. Well, I just can't help who I love. Yes, you can. Yes, you can. When you get your mind right, when you seek first the kingdom of God, now your mind's right. 
And you're going to know, I don't care who it is, deep down inside, you know that what you're doing is wrong. You know, and the Holy Spirit has been sent. And I think that's probably one of the biggest problems in the church is the Holy Spirit has been sent, but he's not been welcomed Yeah, to do as he sees fit. I thank God for our church because our church, we, it don't matter if I'm going to preach or if you, Josh, are going to preach or, or dad or whoever, if the Holy Spirit wants to move a different way, we go with the way he wants to move. Why? Because he can do more in your life in just a few minutes than we can planning a whole service. Yep. And that's why, you know, we have to look at what, what things are being accepted. You know, I, I get so amazed if, if you look on social media and you got people that are posting the 23rd Psalms or they're posting a scripture about I'm blessed and highly favored or, you know, uh, 20, Jeremiah 29, 11. They want to post that and they want to post all this stuff about God's going to bless them and how he has them in their hand. And then they post a picture and they half drunk or drinking or doing something like that on their next feed on their their uh, social media, all you're doing is showing that you're a hypocrite and you, you, you're going to miss God. You, you're going to miss being, uh, accepted into heaven. Why? Because you're choosing sin and see, that's what, where the enemy has come in in these last days. He's had preachers that have manipulated the gospel and, and different people, and they'll think on these scriptures, they'll find these scriptures, and they'll twist them and manipulate them until that scripture now has been changed enough that it makes them comfortable in the sin that they're living in. And see, as long as we can justify our sin, then we think we're justified to do it. But my whole thing is, is if you truly fall in love with God, why do you want to sin? Why do you want to do things that would grieve the Holy Spirit? Yeah, we all miss it. We all make mistakes. But I don't want to continue to live in that sin. Yeah. Why? Because I don't want to miss when that trumpet sounds in the air, where it says in a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, just like that, I'm going to be caught up in the glory to be with Jesus forever. I, I don't want to miss that. And some people say, well, I believe that all Christians will go to heaven as long as you're saved. No, look at the, the parable of, of the, the virgins, the 10 virgins. That's Matthew chapter 25. And it says, this is Jesus speaking. And starting with verse one, he said, the kingdom of heaven shall be likened in the 10 virgins who took their lamps and went out to meet the bridegroom. Now, the virgins, who's that represented of? The church. The virgins are the church. Who's the bridegroom? That's Jesus. It says, now five of them were wise and five were foolish. Those who were foolish took their lamps and took no oil with them. But the wise took oil in their vessels with their lamps. But when the bridegroom was delayed, they all slumbered and slept. And at midnight, a cry was heard and behold, the bridegroom is coming Go out to meet him. Then all those virgins arose and trimmed their lamps. And the foolish said to the wise, Give us some of your oil, for our lamps are going out. But the wise answered, saying, No, lest there should not be enough for us and you, but go rather and to those who sell and buy for yourselves. And while they went out to buy, the bridegroom came, and those that were ready, hear that, those that were ready, went in with him to the wedding, and the door was shut. Afterwards, the other virgins came also, saying, Lord, Lord, open up to us. But he said, Assuredly, I say to you, I do not know you. Then it goes on to say, Watch therefore, for you know neither the day nor the hour in which the Son of Man is coming. That's a stern warning to the church. Not everybody in church is going to make it. Why? Because not everybody in church has devoted their life to God. They're not giving him their all. They're still wanting to live on the fence, so to speak. 
They want one foot in the world and one foot in the door of the church thinking, well, uh, I'm going to flirt with the, the world and play, but but as soon as I know God's coming, I'm going to jump in the door of the church. And and that's not the way it works, you know, and, and it's sad to think that. But um, Satan is a deceiver, and, and he's going to make you think about sin. He's going, you know, I've, I've often told people, it, you know, sin's fun. And I know that, that may shock you. I can't believe a preacher said sin's fun. Well, if it wasn't, would you have a problem doing it? I mean, I don't have a problem playing Russian roulette. Why? I don't want to take a chance of dying. I kind of like, I like living. So I don't have a problem with that, but there are things in that entice me that I, you know, may, maybe once did or have done in the past that I have to deal with. You know, what may entice me may not entice you and vice versa, you know, but we have to understand that, like Paul said, and I've said this a million times, it's my least favorite scripture in the Bible, probably because it's the one I need the most. But Paul said that we have to crucify our flesh daily. You see, and he also said that in the Bible, it said, choose you this day whom you'll serve. Every day you have to choose. When your feet hit the floor. You're going to have to make a choice. Am I living for my life for Jesus today? Am I going to be an example, a godly example, a Christ-like example today? Or am I going to let my flesh get the best of me? You know, so we have to look at that. And when you look at those 10 virgins, it said that they all slumbered. That means we all miss it. We all uh, get get lazy at times or, or lethargic because we're like everybody else that's ever been on this earth. We've heard the coming of God. Jesus is coming. Jesus is coming. And sometimes we get to the point where, yeah, yeah, but, you know, I've got this to do. I've got that to do. But when you look in the scriptures and what we're going to be discussing over the next few weeks uh, with current events and end time prophecy, you don't have time to slumber. It's time to wake up. It's time to put oil in your lamp and and trim the wick and be ready, you know, because when he comes, we got to be ready because if we miss it, we we at a mess, you know, and and I don't want to have to be a tribulation saint. I I, I don't want to have to be a martyr. I don't want to have to die spreading the gospel. Now, if I have to, I have to. I just want to go on up when he says, come on. Yeah. You know, I want to be ready when he, he comes and he said in his word, occupy till I come. Well, what does occupy? Well, you have to go back, I think, to the Great Commission. Go into all the world and preach the gospel. You know, lay hands on the sick and we shall see them recover. We'll cast out devils. Don't be afraid of the enemy. He's put up smoke screens. He's put up all this diversion. When you look at everything that's going on, and and sometimes we get played by those things. We get played by emotions. You know, it's the same thing with COVID. I mean, when it first came out, it shut our nation down. It shut churches down. <clears throat> but now, it's kind of you don't even hear about it anymore. Now, you'll probably hear about a, a spike coming up before the election. I'm sure it'll come up again. But... Now they're finding out that, you know, it, it wasn't the pandemic that they said it was going to be, you know. And and there's a lot of, I'm not going to get into all that but uh, and get on that soapbox, but all these things that are happening are putting fear in people. It, it, it's, it's making people uh, lose sleep. It's how am I going to pay these bills? How, you know. One of the biggest things I think is a concern now for people, if you have a, a family of four, uh, you know, just this week, my wife went and pre-bought meals for Tuesday night, Wednesday night, Thursday night, and Friday night. I'm not talking eating filet mignon and, and lobster tail. I'm talking basic, you know, pork chops and some mashed potatoes or something like that. And we bought some milk and bread. It was almost $300. Ridiculous. You know, uh, our pay's not increased. Right. 
but fuel prices has went up, groceries have went up, uh, and they some stuff you can't even get because it's just not on the shelf anymore. But why am I not worried? Well, I'm faithful tither. I'm a giver. And I know that God said in his word, he would supply all of my need according to his riches and glory. So I'm not connected to the world's economy. I'm connected to a kingdom economy. So even in these end times, I'm blessed and I'm, I'm not going to be stressing out over how is this going to get took care of and where is this going to come from and, oh, my God, how high is gas prices going to get? Well, they just keep going up. If I'm doing the work of God and I'm seeking God, he's going to supply my need. And that's how we draw people from the world into the kingdom. You know, I'm not a, you know, a lot of people uh, think, you know, I, I call them fair weather Christians. As long as it's convenient, I'll go to church, you know, uh, or, you know, if I've got time, I'll go to church. Or if they wake up in the morning on Sunday and the least little thing happened, well, I'm just not going to go to church this morning. Folks, we're living in a day and an hour where every, if I were you, every time the doors of a church were open, that is a Bible-based church, a Bible-believing church, I, every time the doors opened, if I could be there, I would be there. Uh, you, you're, not, you're not benefiting yourself letting all the things of the world keep you out. Remember, Satan wants diversion. He's going to put something in front of you to keep you out of God's house. Why? Because if he can keep you out of God's house, he can keep you out of God's protection. He can keep you out of his blessing. He can keep you out of his covering. So my thing is, is if the doors of the church are open, I'd be at it. I wouldn't miss for every little thing here and every little thing there. I would want to be in church every chance I got. Stay at reading his word. Uh, you can get on YouTube. You can look up, you know, Kenneth Hagin, Lester Summerall, Jerry Savelle, Hilton Sutton. You can look up Rod Parson, a lot of great ministries. You can look us up, our regular services. Keep yourself in the Word of God every day as much as possible. Turn off the, the music. Well, I just like to listen to regular music. and no, Turn it off. We don't live in that time anymore. I'm not saying you're going to go to hell for listening to country music or a little rock and roll, but I'm saying I want everything God's got for me, and I don't want anything that the world has to offer. So in these last days, as things get darker, the more of God that's in me, that's flowing out of me, the brighter my light shining. So when somebody else is struggling in this dark world, they see my light. They see your light, you know, and if you're a Christian and you've been serving God, but you're at a place right now where you're frustrated, where you're discouraged, rebuke the enemy. The Bible says that if you resist him, he'll flee. It didn't say he would leave forever. He's persisted. He'll come back. But stand your ground. Stand on God's word. God will never let his children go without. He said, I've never seen the righteous forsaken nor his seed begging for bread. Well, yeah, that was thousands of years ago, but it's relevant now in this end time that we're living in where we're looking at everything costing double and triple. We're looking at food shortages. God said that he would not leave you stranded. He would not leave you without. Why? Because he loves you. Listen, Jesus can provide whatever you need. He's your all in all. He's your source for everything. Seek him, follow him, and be careful. You know, I tell people, if you want to stay positive, just turn the news off. Don't, don't watch the news anymore. I mean, half of what they say you find out a week later is not even true. Uh, there's nothing on the news worth watching anymore. So turn that off and turn on God's word and you'll begin to see your perspective on life changing so that when you see the world getting darker, when you see that, that gross darkness is covering the people. Yeah. It, I hate to see people going through it, but on the inside of me, 
Oh, there's an excitement. Why? Because I know that soon and very soon I'm going to hear, Wesley, come up here. And in a moment and the twinkling of an eye, I'm going to be in the presence of a heavenly father that loves me. And you can have that same thing when you set your face to seek him. When you give your life to Christ, he'll change your life and he'll take care of you just like he does me. Because why? We're his children. You take care of your earthly children. Heavenly father takes care of us 10 times better. And he talks about that in his word. But, um, you know, be careful what your children are watching nowadays. Uh, I, some of these new cartoon shows, they're sliding things in uh, that if you're not careful, you're not catching, you know, and you you don't think that much about it. You think, well, you know, because trust me, I know what it's like when you, you get home from work. Maybe you've had ball practice. You've got homework. You've got to get them bass, but you've also got to cook supper. So you turn that TV on so you can get them in there to watch a little cartoons or something and, and, and give you some quiet time so you can get some things done. I get it, but you need to be careful what's going into the, those little spirits because children's spirits are more receptive than even adults are, you know. So you have to be careful what they're doing. Claim God's word over your children. We're sending them into public schools that are teaching some I'm telling you what, they're teaching some stuff. You know, uh, I know years ago, I don't know if somebody probably remember the Common Core. Do they even do that now? It's a form of it, I think. Um, I think Jacob, he was in like the third grade when they introduced Common Core. And some people think this is silly. But I'm telling you, the spirit it, it quickened inside of me. But they had to give us parents a, a crash course on Common Core because it didn't make sense to me. I was taught the simple way, you know, to figure out multiplication and division. And now instead of it being a three-step process, it's an eight-step process. And they got to show their work. So now for 10 problems, you got two sheets of notebook paper, you know. Ridiculous. And they give us this crash course on this. And the teacher said out of her mouth, and I, I'm, I'm not bashing her because I don't think she had a clue what she said. And most people don't. It was just in my spirit. She said, the reason we're teaching children to do this long process is we won't, now listen to me. She said, we want children to understand that everything has a reason. Everything, there's no just, well, this is just the way it worked out. And immediately when she said that in my spirit, it was like it said, yeah, they're trying to take faith out of being a possibility. And you see, sometimes you can just work some problems out in your head. Yeah, I might not know exactly all these little 10 steps. I can do it in two and cut all them out. It's the same way. Sometimes God does miracles and we can't explain it. Why, why should I have faith in somebody I can't see? You know, it's the whole, pre they're taking away faith, just believing God that he is God. And they're trying to say everything has to be able to be worked out. If you can't work it out, it don't happen. Yeah. They're sowing seeds of doubt. Yeah. You know, essentially they're sowing doubt. So you have to, if you have to overanalyze mm -hmm. a problem or a situation, then you doubt the way that you're to do that, right? Yeah. Instead of just having intuition or having just common sense and trying to figure that out, they just put these little, and and understand these things are just little things, but little things continue to add up to big things if they keep pushing yeah. it. It's just like with critical race theory or any of that other stuff. They're they're just continuing to do little these little jabs, little jabs, little jabs mm. here, little jabs there. Putting this into the school systems, putting in this into the public sector, um, to to make you question, even to put it in the court and in, into corporations right now. You know, I I uh, I've worked for companies before, and they push the 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 the, the response of diversity uh, and how diverse an organization is, mm -hmm. and so they want to be categorized uh, as a diverse corporation, uh, not for not for the employee. 
but for the investor that's backing them up so they can sell the business at some point. Mm-hmm. That's the reason why. Yeah. It's it's all about money at the end of the day, folks. Mm-hmm. And until we realize that it's about money, it's not they're not worried about the employee. Yeah. They're not. They could care they could care less about you. Yeah. They care about who could purchase this co- this organization or this corporation down the road. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. And you don't have to have diversity training. It's real simple. Beloved, let us love one another. Yeah. I find that the, <laughs> the simplest thing is respecting everybody. Yeah. You might not agree with them, right. but you have enough commonality that you can respect them. And then the, the, the caveat in if you're a Christian or a believer is that you love the person. Yeah. Again, you don't have to like everything about them, but you right. have to be able to love them. Yeah. I mean, it, a prime example was there in, in uh, there was a, a steakhouse still is in uh, Orlando, downtown Orlando. It's called Crest Chop House. If you're ever in Orlando, you you got you got to go. It's it's an amazing steakhouse. The owners of that steakhouse were two homosexuals. Oh, I went down there and eat a lot. We become friends with those guys. We sat down and had a lot of discussions about homosexuality. They knew I'm a minister. They know my stance on it. They never once mistreated me. I never once mistreated them. We were able to agree to disagree. And when you come to an understanding to agree to disagree with people instead of, oh, if you, if you, if you don't agree with me, then you're a racist, bigot, homophobe, you know, cause that's all they want to tell you. When you learn to agree to disagree, you find out there's other things about those people that uh, they're cool people, you know, and I never, you know, as a man's man, I never felt my masculinity threatened you know, that they were coming on to me. We just, it was just like a couple guys just having conversation. Why? Because, I, I, you know, they they respected me and my stand. And I just told them, if that's the way y'all believe, that's your business. You know, so I re- you can believe what you want. Don't make a difference whether it's right or wrong. And I'm going to respect that. Don't force me to accept your lifestyle. Don't force me to accept your sin. Don't force me to accept your misinterpretation of scripture so that you can justify your sin because I'm not going to do it. Yeah. You know, you, you can, you can put me in jail and if you put me in jail for preaching the truth of God's word, then when I get into jail, I'm going to preach it there. And if you say, well, if you don't shut up preaching in jail, we're going to put you in the, the, the prison. Well, then I'm going to go preach it in the prison. And then if you tell me if I don't shut up there, we're going to put you in front of a firing squad. Well, until that bullet splits my skull, the word of God is going to come out of my mouth. Why? I will not settle for anything less than the truth of God's word. Yep. Amen. So, but I think we're, yeah, we're right at eight o'clock. But listen, um, we just said a little bit of what we said tonight to kind of provoke thought. We want you to begin to think about some of the things we've talked about. Uh, if you have any comments or questions, uh, you can uh, send them on Facebook or YouTube. You can email us uh, and contact us on our website, and we'll uh, try to address those over the next few weeks because we are going to be talking about you know, current events and the end-time prophecy. Everything that's going on, God has already written down and foretold in this word. From the Old Testament into the New Testament, into that awesome book called Revelations. And we're going to be getting into that over the next few weeks. We've even got a special guest that's going to be with us one night. Um, and I'm real excited about that. And uh, he he's very uh, well studied on end time and current events. I know that'll bless you, but uh, thank you again for tuning in. Remember to like and share this. Pray for us as we pray for you. And we believe that if you'll take God's word from this podcast and share it, not only will it change your life, but it'll change somebody else's because that is our desire is to see people's lives change by the power of God. Until next week, God bless you. 